Oh, hey, y'all. You've heard me brag for a while now about how I, a person who used to be scared to use my own oven, learned how to cook like a real live adult during lockdown, and now I am as good as that guy on the bear. Now, this is all true. Uh, here's the thing, though. Even though I am now an amazing chef, it takes me a very long time to cook. It is not something that comes naturally to me. And lately, my life has gotten way, way, way more busy, and I do not have the time to devote to cooking like I used to. That is why I am so deeply excited about the pod's new sponsor. They came along exactly when I needed them. I am talking about Factor. Let me tell you a little bit about Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You will have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And... There's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Y'all, do you understand how amazing it is to have a microwave meal that that tastes like I spent hours cooking it, but it comes pre-prepared? One of my favorites that Factor sent me was roasted garlic butter salmon with celery root cauliflower mash and Parmesan broccoli, and it just came like that. I didn't have to cook it. Y'all, what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Here are some facts. Factor, they make two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They also do snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save, y'all. Factor has done the math. They are less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian-approved to be nutritious and delicious, Factor is the perfect solution if you are looking for fast, upscale options done easily. They're also flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We are talking no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there is no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. What more do you need to hear, y'all? Head to factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50 and use code comingoutpod50 to get 50% off. That's code comingoutpod50 at factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50. Get 50% off! Bye! This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey, 
y'all. Hi. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Hello to our guest. Uh, welcome to Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole. We are a weekly podcast where we have queer folks on from all walks of life. They tell us the tales of how they came out to friends, family, and the world at large. Because who doesn't love a coming out story? <laughs> Lauren, your face was really, we were committed on that one. I'm trying different, I'm trying different things. This is my, I know you are. This is my sandbox. <laughs> <laughs> and I, we, it's always, you're keeping me on my toes now because every time I'm watching you to see what's going on, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Um, so this week, we are so excited after what feels like months of coordination. A minute. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> like several, several minutes <laughs> strung together. Oh, so it's perfect. Um, it, it's all happening at the right time. Yes. Uh, we're so excited to have actor, writer, director, and teacher slash educator slash professor. We're just going to say at the collegiate level. Teacher at the collegiate level. Okay. Um, Carolyn Rattery, welcome. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me on. Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. So, um, so Carolyn, I know Carolyn, well, I know Carolyn through like a couple I mean, different uh, yeah i'm I'm doing a lot of hand gestures everybody i never coming in from all directions so like <laughs> i we are i mean technically part of the same theater company it's like what is even happening at this moment but right. like yes we are, part, <laughs> we are part of the same theater company um we also were i think the first time introduced by carla who i also have tried to get on the podcast Yay! who will be on who i will force onto the podcast yes. at some point but uh so we were we were introduced by our lovely friend Carla because we were both Polly. Yay! Yay! And you guys were like the, you guys were like one of the first other Polly like couples, relationship folks that we had met in uh, in the whole of the time that we'd been Polly. Uh, Yeah. And we were, I think at that time, because that was years ago, that was in the beginning of our journey too. We were like, we need other voices, people. Like, is there anyone else? Hello in the world. Yeah. So that was really an amazing, I remember that. We were all sitting on the floor. I don't, were we at your, I don't know. Yes, my house. Yeah, uh, my house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a long-term memory of like a beautiful connection. Yes, exactly. That's so great. It was really, it was was a wonderful, wonderful day and wonderful, um, connection and that and every time i've seen you since it's like hey (laughs) we get so excited exactly and then i saw you at clexicon and kelly and i were like yes we oh i was like look how far she's come and polly oh my god yeah because that was wasn't that the year that we came out that me and mandala came out yeah it was was epic that's the only clexicon i've ever been at so we were in the same sphere like ships in the night and i don't think we ever met although maybe we did i don't know I mean, I don't. That was a whirlwind of like a, a, ma- a lot of queer, amazing but I was situations. At that panel, if you were at the Polly oh, panel, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh! Look at that. <gasps> Look at this kindred oh spirit God. moment. Like, yes. we, I feel like I've known you now for like thirty-six thousand years. Maybe I that's going to say the exact same number of years. Where, that's how I knew. I was wondering. <laughs> it's like I felt it in my heart. It goes back yes. a long way now. Really specific. Yes. But yes. So it's. Uh, it's been awesome following your journey too, and the ways in which your your personal journey through you know, queerness and poly and all of that has uh, come into your work 
too. Yes. And like and following mm-hmm. that. And I really wanted to talk about that mm-hmm. and your uh celebrated is it was it a pilot that you guys did? Yeah. I mean, I originally wrote a pilot that I I then broke into three episodes because I was like, oh, this will be slightly easier to shoot. So it's basically the pilot, but it's Mm -hmm. a little tweaked from what the original script was. So I could put it into three um, episodes for like a short. Um, Yeah. Called Unclaimed. Mm -hmm. And it's gotten all kinds of like decorated. It was an outfest choice, right? Like it's been. been Yes. It got into Urban World. Uh, yes. Film festival. It's been Alphabet Film Festival, um, downtown Los Angeles, downtown Los Angeles Film Festival. It's I was yeah. We were very um, stoked, and Carla and Tina were both um, producers on it, and yep. just incredible. Those two are amazing, amazing humans, and the show is made because of them. Uh, so yeah, it was an amazing experience, and I and, and it was during the pandemic. I started writing it. Oh well. I started putting it into pilot form. My wife and I started the idea for it several years earlier. <laughs> sure. Yeah. As it happens always. As, you know, yeah. as you do. Um, mm-hmm. When we were uh, starting to, yeah, date other people and we just started finding ourselves in these slightly humorous situations uh, of just like, what do we, what do we do in this? There's no model for Polly. And so I just sure remember us going into a, a restaurant one time. I was I was starting to date someone new, and so we were all doing like, let's all meet and sit down and have you know like a conversation at a restaurant. And okay. and the person I was talking to like went to the bathroom, and then Kelly and I were at the table not sitting because we were like, wait, what should the seating arrangement be? Should you be over there? Like, what's the less like power dynamic-y way to sit? What's going to make them feel like more welcome? And so we were just like standing there looking down at our seats and the waiter was like, um, can you all sit? Like, do you all want to sit? And we're like, no, 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 we got it. This is just the first time. Okay, I'm not going to explain that. Um, anyway, we sat down in like a non- Power dynamic but of course, way. because if you're sitting there, like I'm thinking at a booth or wherever, like if because you're, you're like, well, I don't if if the two of us are across right. from that person, then it's like a two on one and we're like interrogating. But then if it's just Kelly across from the right. other person that is you like, started dating, then is that way like like are they gonna feel like oh my god? Then all I'm doing is looking at Kelly the whole time. Is this awkward? Like it's, it, there's it's, no right way. That's what I'm saying. That. So no. we were like, let's just write these down. And so there were like <laughs> several poly like new to poly moments <sighs> that how do you navigate? And yes. then I was like, Kelly, how do you feel about me uh, putting this into a pilot? So, but wait, for the record, if folks actually watch the pilot. That's not me, really. I didn't make all those bad choices. Okay, I just want to say that for the record. I, um, it's like loosely based on, yes. you know, a couple entering Polly for the first time and all of the, all of the, like a group of friends that are ex- exploring love and polyamorous dynamics in their various situations. Um, so, yeah. yeah, but it was yeah. really, yeah, I wrote it, I think, yeah, 2020 and... And I showed it to Tina first, and she was like, let's show it to Carla. I think we can make this. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. So, um, so we started gathering our team together, and now we have Unclaimed. So, yeah. Oh, that's it was so really, exciting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, like, <laughs> that, was a, that was a lesson that, for me in writing, like, my own uh, very – 
very different poly pilot, but was I had to be like, Nicole, the character is based on you. You have to let them fuck up over and over and over and over again in right. ways that maybe you didn't fuck up or yes. whatever it is. And without the fear of judgment, because like it's right. a not interesting otherwise B like, like just like perfect characters are not interesting. They're not right. human. They're not nothing. So it's like it is such it's really freeing when you let your character, even if it's loosely based on you, just make all the mistakes you know just make all the bad choices like why not tell the truth in that moment but somehow the character didn't and you know they thought they'd be okay (laughs) but you're not okay um but because someone's done it you know even if someone hasn't made all of those mistakes people out there have made one or two of them certainly it's it's a a constellation of a human somewhere Exactly. For sure. Um, So So how then I know we sort of, you know, put the cart before the horse on this one. But like, how are the (laughs) how are the ways in which you identify? Like, how do you identify pronouns, sexual orientation, et cetera, et cetera, whatever identifiers you use? Um, I use she, yeah, she, her pronouns. And uh, I usually just say queer, Um, you know, now. Yeah, I, I definitely used to identify and still do lesbian is also totally applicable. Um, Mm -hmm. but I love queer for the umbrella category that it encompasses. There's Mm -hmm. such just like, there's a freedom, there's a world, there's, it's just a beautiful word. So I'm so glad it's been, yeah, reclaimed and just broadened. So Mm -hmm. those would be my identifiers. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so where, so now you're one of those we have we, we we have on people. I feel like more and more we have on people who have like the multiple coming out oh, um, for sure. because yeah. yeah because whether it's like it's like well the queerness came and then the you know relationship stuff came and then the gender came or the somewhere yeah. uh, a some yeah. f- formulation of <laughs> it's so whatever, true you know so um yeah so I I would love to dig a little bit into like how you realized you were queer and yeah. then, and then, you know, the poly thing too. Yeah. I, I would, I would really love to split time sure. between both. Okay. So where does <laughs> your story or stories start? Yeah. Okay. So for, let's start with the queer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in retrospect, I'm going to say one of, at least I should say the most prominent moments um, was when I was 16, y'all. I was 16 at an arts camp, sleepaway arts oh, camp. Sure. It was a two month long arts camp, uh, interlocking. Um, oh yeah, yes. nice. I have students camp. Yeah. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, hell's yeah. That's oh my the, gosh. It is the arts camp. All it, capital letters. Yeah. I mean, it was epic. So I was there for one summer, and that's <laughs> that's where I sort of started to know something was up. So, okay, this is how. And I love it. I haven't really like thought this through in a while, but I, um, there's two situations that in retrospect, I was like, oh my gosh, you're totally crushing. I didn't know that was happening at the time, but one was my cabin mate. So it's a two month art camp, arts camp. And I didn't really notice this person who I was sharing the cabin with until like, I, of course I noticed them, but we weren't like buds until the second month, something, oh. some veil lifted. And suddenly we just like saw each other and we're like, oh, best bud. And so that person, yeah, I'm going to, Daryl is their name. And so Mm. it started with um, me and Daryl just being like super growing, like this beautiful friendship. And, you know, we would always like walk to the grocery store together. That was like the big, you know, trip off campus. (laughs) And in one of those trips, Daryl was saying, Carolyn, I think I might like um, girls. And I was like, oh, that's, that's amazing. You got to be who you are. You got to, you know, like I totally support that. Totally 
not having a clue what was about to happen. And I, th- I just felt, you know, it was so great to be able to be there for her as a friend. So also what in retrospect was happening is that clearly I had a crush on another um, <clears throat> actor in the program mm. because y'all, I cannot sew at all. But for some <laughs> reason I was like always in the costume shop. I thought mm. it was just because this person was like so cool. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm gonna go see what Annabelle's doing in the costume shop. Um, mm. But I shouldn't know, like, I don't sew. Like I have no <laughs> skill in this situation whatsoever. <laughs> and so I think I must've had a crush because on the last day of art camp, Annabelle, all the theater majors are like being totally dramatic and saying goodbye and like, this has been the best situation. Annabelle comes over to me, puts her hand on my face and leans in and kisses me on the lips. Just like, and I am like, exactly that. I was like, what? It was like a gabillion butterflies (laughs) migrated into my stomach. And I was like, completely shaking. I had no idea what was happening. Was she also 16? Was she also like... Like your yeah, well, that would be a very interesting story if she weren't. She oh, no, she was. sorry. I meant, I meant <laughs> if, if she was, like, 18 or so. Or, like, I'm trying mm. to gauge where she was in her, like, because that's oh just, like, such a, like, I know myself move. Boss you know move? what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We can totally yeah. talk about. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she, I think she maybe was, like, a year older than me. So, yeah, same okay. age, 16, yeah, 17. Yeah, but in high school, a year is, a like, year is mm, a lifetime. Like, it's a lifetime. You figure shit out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. She was the older woman, y'all. With. That's so my that's... theory that I'm working with here. <laughs> I think, I think you're... the costume lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so, that happened, and I promptly left the theater student gathering, and I ran back to the cabin, <gasps> And Daryl was in the cabin door and you all, which this might come up later in the story. Like I just was so overwhelmed with like hormone and emotion yeah. and like sh- nerves. I couldn't get it. I couldn't speak it. I, I was like, Daryl, I did it. Did it. I said, I did. And she was like, what, what's happening? What's happening with you right now? But I, and it took me, I think 15 minutes to actually say a thing. And I said, Annabelle kissed me. And then Daryl took a beat and she was like, isn't it wonderful? And I was like, yes! Oh my okay. fucking god. Wait, was that and your first kiss also, P.S.? Or how do you like date it and like. What a good question, P.S. <gasps> no. <laughs> <laughs> I really had to dig in the trenches for that well, one. Well, then, then the probably that, first no. meaningful kiss if it took you that long to remember that there was a piece. <laughs> I think it might have been a dude. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. In a closet at like a high school conference, and we were playing like spinner bottles. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But that did not register on my personhood at all. So maybe I should have had a hint there. Clearly, yeah, Mm -hmm, clearly. mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so what happened in the last two? Like, theater students said goodbye, and then I shared this thing with. I told Daryl, and she was like, "Isn't it wonderful?" And then, (laughs) y'all. We fell in love. Like, we had, I guess, already been in love for that whole month. I just thought it was, like, a really amazing friendship, kindred spirit friendship. But the last two days before we actually, like, shipped out, we exchanged a pink string. (gasps) Now, it was a pink plastic, so it wasn't a string. It was a pink plastic piece, like, four inches long. And we said, we're going to write letters to each other and put this pink string in there and pass it back and forth. She lived in Texas. It's like traveling pants, but with a piece of plastic. (laughs) The original pitch for the movie. And they're like, can we make it pants or something? This seems really hard to translate visually. (laughs) 
It's exactly where it's exactly right. That's where it started. Um, so we went back to DC. I went back to DC. And this is my personality, like if there which has served me kind of good, but also not, um, is like if there's like an issue or a not or something that I just want to figure out about myself or like grow, I go all in. Like I wanna face it, I wanna figure it out. I I I do not avoid <laughs> I do not avoid things. Some, some things like that. Um, and so I got back to DC. Now I'm old enough that we had phone books. Okay. So there's not an internet. And I was like, having all the rationalizations, I was like, okay, I probably just like women for, you know, emotional, but I'm totally into guys yeah. for, you know, like physical. I was going through so much. Oh, wow. That's like, I feel like that's like flipped of what a lot of people do. It certainly was flipped of what I did. Like where really? I was like, where I told myself, like, I'm just into yeah. girls physically, but like, I'm not emotionally, like not because that felt oh. too serious for me. And then it like that very, very quickly was turned on its head. <laughs> Turn on. And he, literally, even as I was saying it, it was untrue. But like, <laughs> it, you know, it's like so. But that's funny that that's interesting. I think I said all of I probably said what you said as well. I said like all of the things because yeah. it just was like I'm not gay I'm not a lesbian I'm not yeah, yeah you're no. straight yeah. Yeah. I was like yeah, yeah, no it's yeah, probably yeah, just yeah. like this thing so I look in the phone book and I find like a gay help center like oh. smile I think it was called smile and it's so funny to think about this now because yeah I don't remember what the acronym stands for and I um I found it I called and they said they had like youth groups and I was like okay I'm just oh. gonna go to this thing and like see if <gasps> this so is brave. like me Holy I was shit. so scared y'all and I lied to my mom I don't lie I'm not a very good liar I'm very bad and I was like mom can I take the car to go downtown to the library and she was like you're <laughs> lying but um <laughs> yes um, you literally are 16 and saying you're going to the library that's why that's like the- <laughs> she's like I know you're lying. I know, like, I'll, yeah. I, you're library, and I know you're lying. Like, anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she said yes, and so I took the car down, y'all. I found Smile. I drove around the block, like, three times. So oh, nervous. Totally. I was, like, shaking. Yeah. I finally parked the car, and these two uh, women are standing outside, and they keep looking at me, and I look at them, and I get out of the car, and I'm just, like, shaking, and they're like, you're supposed to, you're, you're coming in here, aren't you? And I was like, like literally like devolving into tears and they took me upstairs and I went to like my first like you know ra- uh gay youth group oh my I God. totally didn't vibe with what was like all the folks in the room but sure. I was super proud of myself for doing it anyway that was a big moment um yeah. and Daryl and I at this time were um writing letters back and like super passionate love letters back and forth to each other I think I still have them actually in a box oh we lost the pink string. Um, I know sometime <laughs> in our trajectory. Uh, yeah. So that was like, so then I was just left to trying to figure it out in high school. And I think I had another crush on a friend and I never told anyone. There was a lot of angst. Y'all, there was a lot of angst in this Did you, wait, situation. Can I ask a question? Did you and Daryl, like, obviously something was confessed or whatever, cause you're writing these letters, but like, had you guys like, smooched a bunch like what was no. going on before oh, okay this, so no we've never ever kissed oh this, so this like, was we, like an emotional love like we're writing these letters but it was like, like it was soulmate I, I still call her my first soulmate sure <gasps> First yeah, of all, she, I love that you said first soulmate, but well, that's a whole yeah, other yeah, 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 yeah. bookmark totally for the poly part of this. Uh-huh, yes. uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Exactly. But, you, but had you to acknowledge that it was more than a friendship in like oh. some way? Yeah. It okay. was it was totally okay. I mean, we acknowledged that it was soulmates. We were we were soulmates. We were loves. We were loves. Okay. And then she would yeah, okay, it was cool. and when she would write her letters in Spanish and I couldn't translate Spanish at the time, I was like so oh. fr- I was like, I got a letter and then I couldn't read it and I was like, I got it. Spent so much time trying to, um, but it was like my soul and my heart and my, I mean, it was, I mean, it was, we were, we were lovers. It was, but we just never. Yeah. That's very There was one moment in the airport when we could have kissed, but we didn't. Um, It was, well, I do love a good Sarah Waters book. So. Seriously. Yeah. It feels very like, yeah. Repressed. Yeah. Yeah, Probably. (laughs) No, there's something very, but you're, it's so young. So it's not like you're like, like with those Victorian type letters, it's like they're full grown adults and you're like, oh, that's a, but when you're 16, it's not like as yeah. tragic that you're not like physically <laughs> intimate. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, Acting it's just sort of like yeah. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Know, it was, that's really tender. It's so, I mean, this might come up later, but as a side note, I say first soulmate also because when I met my current person and wife, I had a dream where I was dancing with Daryl, yep. a slow dance in a room. And then Daryl says, I have to go now. And she walks out and Kelly <gasps> oh walks in and we start dancing God. together. And then I wake up and I was like, oh, I have to say goodbye. To, I mean, Daryl's, I mean, by that point we had never, you know, like it was clear I don't even know if she's like queer now. She's not. I don't you know, I think she, yeah, okay, right. Yeah. But like it was it was like, oh, that's over. And then Kelly came in and it was, a, it was the dream went into long term memory. It was it was. Seared. Yeah, that's wild. It so was wild. Lucky. Your dreams are like that clear like that's just like a therapist's <laughs> dream it's like, yeah. <laughs> like I had, whereas so... i had a dream that he, a spider that i was trying to get out of the house had a spider-man costume on the other day that's my Stop dream it. so but that's yeah, fun that, anyway, you need to dig a little deeper <laughs> yours is pretty straightforward we know what yours means yours spider is, in yes. a spider-man outfit oh, i don't know but i'm here to help you unpack that if you need <laughs> take the time anyway. um yeah so, i'd like some more prophetic ones that'd be nice yeah yeah some, yeah sometimes they come and it's sometimes just like oh come. that's so so it was yeah i would have to say that the coming out process was long it was mm. emotional it was filled with angst and me not owning like my sexuality and my physicality mm. okay well also because <laughs> also because of um it was a long process because so high school was Oh, I was okay. So I was with my mom. I was living with my mom in high school. My dad had moved to Philly for a job. And I was like trying to, my mom and I, I thought we were like totally best friends, you know? And I was like, yay. And so I really wanted to tell my mom, but I couldn't say the words again. This is like now becoming a theme, I see. So I would just keep playing Melissa Etheridge super loud. Oh my God. <laughs> she was like, what is. Okay, what are you trying to? And then I, when that Ellen episode came out for me, that was actually <gasps> formative. I, my mom and yeah. I, I had her watch it. And um, anyway, I didn't tell her until I finally told her. I was, you know, probably in like a ball of tears, and she was, you know, obviously I'm her daughter, so she was totally comforting in the moment. But she was not cool with it. It was a very long process of, mm-hmm. of coming out and getting her. And because she was such a strong figure in my life, I needed her to be okay with it before I was okay. Sure. But this is that a thing, sense. y'all. Oh, wow. She was okay. like 
talk to your father. And I was like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> she was just like, have you told your, have you told your father? And I was like, no, she was like, talk to your dad. That's all she would say. And so, really? yeah, one time I was visiting my dad, I think this is now I'm in college and I go back to Philly for a weekend and I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell my dad. And then we're walking along this street in Philly. Yeah. The gay, it's like, I don't know, gay section, queer section of Philly. And I was like, oh, this is how I'm going to tell him. I'm gonna be, I was like, pops, that flag is the rainbow flag. And that's for gay people. And he was like, no, it's missing a color. That's not the queer flag. And I was like, what? How, do you, how do you know? How do you know, father? Um, that was what my face said. And then I was like still walking with him. And, and anyway, it co- I say, I'm gay. And he's like, I know. And I was like, What? He was like, I've known since you were in fourth grade. And I was like, why did you tell anybody? <laughs> what? This has been so hard. And he was like, you got to figure it out for yourself. And I was like, okay, what kind of like, he's from Bermuda, like, you know, island, tough love. Yeah, he's on uh, island situation. time with your coming out. He's like, it'll happen when it happens. <laughs> it'll happen. But also like, Pops, how do you know? And then he was like, I've always been in the life. And I was like, oh my God, my dad. <laughs> My dad is queer. Oh, oh, why aren't my parents together now? Why did my mom, why did my mom have such a hard time okay, with this? So yeah, okay. So she had it's, some yeah. Hey, little man. I know. So those oh. were what janky ass pride flag was missing a color. Like, how do you like <laughs> well, fuck I know. that? I love that like that. <laughs> I got caught on that too. I was like, which color was it? Like, yeah, my- like what like well, eBay that's... pride flag did you buy that's missing a whole color? <laughs> it's fucked up. I'm sure it was like a country's flag that I was just trying in my passive aggressive uh, way to be like, that's the queer flag. He's like, he was that's like, he's Australia. Like, oh god, I got a t-shirt. So exactly, much. that's Italy. <laughs> Um, you know, I was trying. I had a hard time owning. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Um, so that's oh, when had your wow. parents split? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, okay. They both. So when did they split? My dad went. They never really split. They were always okay, like best buds. Okay. okay, okay. See, that's okay. That's right. Yeah. Because if just she's weren't... like, talk to your father. It's probably not like they never talk. Like that would be. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that's um, good. But she was just dealing with like. My, I didn't know this about my husband. My, my daughter is, yep. you know, she was just oh, like totally. You feel like they all run out. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Did she? Did she ever express, or has she in the time since? Like, did she ever express like if if part of what she was going through was that she thought either or both situations were somehow her fault, or because she was the common oh, denominator, or was it, or did she feel like? it hereditarily or by nurture got passed from your dad to you or like was there any of that kind of stuff happening you know we never had a lot of those conversations thankfully she passed when I was 24 and by that moment she wrote me a letter and she was cool with it so we this story ends well that she eventually got cool with it before she passed but in but you know that's a really astute question because um in those early, it was like, must've been five or six years of so many arguments, discussions and everything. At Mm. one point she was like, is it because I sent you to an all girls school? (laughs) 
And I was like, I also want to know girls' school. I mean, there may be something to it. No. I was like, I was like, Ma, no, this is nothing to do with that. So, I don't know if we. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if she carried a lot of. I, I, surely, yeah, certainly at the time there was a lot of like, is this my fault? What? What have I attracted that this yeah. is coming yeah, up so yeah, much yeah, for yeah, me totally. in my life? But um, yeah, Aww. it was it was so we had a, you know we had to have a whole lot of conversations around it, the nat. Well, what your question speaks to is the nat. Is it natural? Like, is it hereditary? You know, is it a choice? I mean, nature yeah. nurture situation. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I feel like I mean, especially you know, since we're contemporaries, like I feel like. That was a huge conversation. I, you know, I think we take for granted, or perhaps yeah. younger people take for granted now, that it's just common knowledge that that was that that's just the way you're born, right? But mm-hmm. like that was that was gen genuinely like a conversation that was being taken mm-hmm. very seriously, mm-hmm. like yeah. that felt really undecided. I mean, those of us who are well, queer it was were called like, lifestyle I, choice like, for choice. years, yeah. choice the for choice, years. That you was know? like the yeah. term, not just the casual yeah. terminology, but that was like in yeah. media, like in newspapers yeah. and shit, oh, like absolutely. lifestyle choice was the phrase. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, that resonates with, with me that that would have been a lot of back and forth around mm-hmm. that whole yeah. thing. Like, I feel like that was very, very much, the conversation at the time it was yeah 100 yeah. Yeah. yeah it reminds me there was this one time um i think this was i think i must have been home from college this was such a random yeah this also went into long-term memory because i was home from college and on the <laughs> somehow on the radio i heard about this like conference that was a black baptist conference and they were having a session on homosexuality and i was like i have to go I don't know why I was like obsessed with going. Somehow my mom also came with me. We didn't register. We just, I don't know how they let us in. I found my way into this room and there was a panel of black Baptist preachers and um, gay rights activists at the time, you know, at the time. And they were having this, this like open dialogue and I was just there against the wall. And it was this conversation. It was, it was very uh, clearly very triggering and like, hot top, you know, just very yeah. intense topic. Um, yeah. and I was silent the whole time until the end. They said, is there any young person in the room who wants to speak on this? <gasps> You're like, I, but, but I, I swear, like I, um, my hand just, it just raised. I, it raised I, itself it before did. you could edit that's it. Like, yeah. It did. <laughs> but that's so Baptist. Yeah. That's like the spirit moved you or whatever. Like that's like oh very God. in keeping with yeah, no, I never thought about that actually. Oh that was yeah. the first thing I thought of her. It's like yeah. she's got the yeah. spirit. <laughs> like <Whoa>. <laughs> yeah, because I was never I wasn't like I mean, we went to church for seven, you know, maybe I wasn't a I didn't identify as like a it was the Baptist Christian. Though. It was like that's but, yeah, what had been God, missing God from was, the church. God was like, hey, tell these people <laughs> how it shit. is. Tell these people how it is. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? Um, my mom was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> But I must, it, I don't know, I must have said, I did say, I just remember, it was like kind of like a tire, a rant, but it, but the crux of it was that no one should be able to get between a person and their, and their expression of like the divine, like no yes. one should be able to oh, mediate yeah. that. And, um, 
the act, the people came over to me afterwards and like, Hey, do you want to be a spokesperson for <gasps> gay youth? And I was oh like, um, I want to be an actor. Do you have a, a role? Like, <laughs> so, it was so, is there a name of that role? <laughs> it was so wild that that was like a moment there. Yeah. They opened up, Hey, do you want to do this work? And I was not ready. I wasn't, I just, it wasn't yeah. on my, yeah. I was like, no, you no. A kid. I was a kid. Totally. And my, yeah. And mom could not, I mean, she was, that was a big moment because that sparked a lot of conversation too. And she was like, mm. I cannot believe I'm here. And everyone was like, you must be so proud of your daughter. And she was like, I don't know what to say to that. I feel very complicated. Um, but yeah, it was, wow. yeah, very long coming out process. A long owning of sexuality and desire, um, mm. which mm. actually does lead into the poly conversation. Mm-hmm. Hey, all look at that. Lead <laughs> it's all so one true. road. It's, it's all that's one... the like you road. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like those things are so intertwined. Like all the orientations and identities are like, yeah. Intertwined Absolutely. in some they're, way. Yeah. They they're are. not, they're not the yeah. same. They're just, they're running, they're running parallel and at times yeah. like the 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 roads the roads intersect and yeah. to the point where then yeah yeah absolutely. it's like a flowering a flowering is that a flowering yeah, a of flowering. expression and of self yes. right like yes. oh this petal this leaf this and it's beautiful oh, yeah. if we can keep an openness to the journey of it that it is oh my god yeah. it's an unfolding mm-hmm. um yeah oh hey y'all You've heard me brag for a while now about how I, a person who used to be scared to use my own oven, learned how to cook like a real live adult during lockdown, and now I am as good as that guy on the bear. Now, this is all true. Uh, Here's the thing, though. Even though I am now an amazing chef, it takes me a very long time to cook. It is not something that comes naturally to me. And lately my life has gotten way, way, way more busy and I do not have the time to devote to cooking like I used to. That is why I am so deeply excited about the pod's new sponsor. They came along exactly when I needed them. I am talking about Factor. Let me tell you a little bit about Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You will have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And... There's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Y'all, do you understand how amazing it is to have a microwave meal that that tastes like I spent hours cooking it, but it comes pre-prepared? One of my favorites that Factor sent me was roasted garlic butter salmon with celery root cauliflower mash and Parmesan broccoli, and it just came like that. I didn't have to cook it. Y'all, what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Here are some facts. Factor, they make two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They also do snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. 
Sign up and save, y'all. Factor has done the math. They are less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you are looking for fast, upscale options done easily. They're also flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We are talking no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there is no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. What more do you need to hear, y'all? Head to factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50 and use code comingoutpod50 to get 50% off. That's code comingoutpod50 at factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50. Get 50% off! Bye. So yeah, so it sort of like something with a poly that it was well, like. So I have to say, and this is kind of in the film, it's something with the kink. I owe a huge oh, debt to the okay. kink community. Sure, sure. Um, because I think because there was so much angst wrapped around my journey to becoming okay as a queer person, mm. I didn't feel like I had a time where I could just date and own that desire and own a desire for, for another human and to be okay and not be so like rife with, ah, you know, just like mm-hmm. so much. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, so what I'm, so, so how do, so where did this then start? I, th- Oh, oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Unearth memory. Uh I'm loving this journey. Yeah. Okay, wait. So, okay, y'all. Oh my gosh. You know when it actually might have started? Well, it didn't start here. It definitely didn't start here, but um, this is like a safe, like, oh, this is kind of where I could say it started. In 2006, 2008, I was in grad school and I was visiting my brother for a weekend and his girlfriend, my brother and his girlfriend for a weekend. And I was like, Hey, can I come up? And he was like, uh, yeah. And she was like, but we're going out. So you're, you know, if you want to, if you want to, if you're going to come stay with us, you you know, just know that you, you can come out with us if you want. And I was like, sure. Where are you going? And they're like, we're going to a kink club. And I was like, um, what? Okay. And, and then, and then she said, we're getting outfits. So I was like, okay, I'll roll. Um, it was like a giant group of his friends and they all, and we went to this like shop in Hollywood and I was off on my own, you know, they're doing their thing. And I found, <laughs> okay, y'all, I found a corset and a metal chain and it was the first time. Mm-hmm. And then I found like, you know, just anyway, I found an outfit <laughs> and I was like, uh, this is kind of cool. Yeah. I'm going to go. So we all rolled up and it was a really large caravan. And I, as soon as we hopped in the door, I just lost them. I don't know. But I had the best oh. unexpected time in this. <gasps> I'm trying to remember the name of it. I actually don't remember the name of it. Anyway, somewhere in Hollywood. And upstairs they had a dom, a master mistress. It, and- is it is it Bar Sinister? Yes. No. Oh my yes. God. Shut Wait, the is that fuck on- up. 
Yeah, it's. I was literally going to be like, this is the experience I had at Bar Sinister. And then you said, and the upstairs, they had a dom. And then I was like, it's Bar Sinister. Um, it's, uh, yeah, so that's it. Uh, it's like right next to like, or technically it is Bordner's. Um, but it's uh, oh, the, the like, like Saturday, night. Second Saturday night. The Saturday night party is bar that's sinister. Hilarious. That's uh, it. That's hilarious. And it has there's like an outdoor, there's an there there's an indoor, and there's an upstairs lounge. And the upstairs lounge is where they have like the the like the cross and like the yeah the, yeah the pommel horse thing with tying up and the oh my doms work up there. Holy yep. crap! I've been there. Um, Sometimes. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like you're like really? in the left quadrant corner. I yeah. actually spawned. You like pull out the blueprints. It's like, hey, I don't exactly. know. Yeah. Yeah. You have the ground there sometimes. No, I, 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 I actually spent my... Uh, at the stroke of midnight, as I turned thirty, okay. I, was tied, on the pod, I was tied I up. I was tied <gasps> up um, by one of the doms there, like completely just like heart open, being like, this is oh, how I'm wow. entering my thirties. So, oh anyway. wow, that's powerful. <laughs> So, yeah. Anyway, so I feel yes. you, and please continue. It's Bar Sinister. Bar Sinister. <laughs> this yes. is, oh my gosh, our, like, meandering connections continue. I know. <laughs> so Not cool. a lot of people Wild. know Bar Sinister or go to Bar Sinister, and I've been there a lot of times. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We can continue that. <laughs> For some reason, when I walked into the space, there was something about it. I, I felt so at home. Yes, oh. very much so. And, and I didn't know why. Probably... Part of it has to do with the energy. There were so many people there that just did not, quote, fit into a mainstream situation. And I, at that time in my young development, I had no idea that how much I felt like I didn't fit into, like, you're, if you're a black person, act this way. If you're queer, be this. If you're whatever. Yeah. Just, I just was so... Yeah on the outside of so many things that as soon as I stepped into that place, I was like, Oh my God, I want to cry. I love this. This is amazing. I feel and I like found that's too... such... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Well, I was just going to say uh, really quickly, I feel like that's such a big thing for people who like Nicole is saying, which is most people at this point who have multiple coming out stories, because we mm -hmm. feel like the first coming out is, or in our minds, we think the coming out because we, we're mm -hmm. not trained to think there are multiple coming outs. We think that's going to be, when we feel so at home and we feel complete and so many people don't have that experience. So it's like you have this big arduous realization and then you're like, ah, but it, I still like something still doesn't feel right. And then it's that second piece where you're like, oh, cause Nicole, you've talked about that, like with Polly so and good. like that's right. And it's just really interesting that I hope we can kind of reframe the idea of coming out so that you don't feel like, the the first realization you have is like it and if you don't feel fully whole and complete like not that sorry you're screwed yeah. like that's because because many people yeah. who are just initially or are just gonna forever have that one coming out like they do feel that way and i think mm -hmm. that that's what that's only what we see in media pretty much mm -hmm. so yes. i think for those who that's not the full jigsaw puzzle they feel like let down by their initial coming out, which sucks. Like that's mm. not, that shouldn't be an experience, but we've heard multiple people to, especially with gender. So mm -hmm. many people talk about mm -hmm. like, they figure out their orientation and they're like, why does something still feel not a hundred percent this was supposed there. to fix it yeah, yeah. and it's mm -hmm. not until they realize their gender stuff. And it's just like, mm -hmm. I hope that we can come to realize that, coming out is like for many people like one of a lot of steps so. and like one, and also yeah. that there's just so much 
intersectionality with queerness. Like there's so yes. many other identities that that intersect and and play uh, with our own queerness that we also need to explore and come to terms with in our own ways yeah. and find community yeah. with too. You know, because like yeah. I totally I like the the walking into our sinister and be like. Oh my God, like mm-hmm. this, you know, because that's not like that, th- that is not for everybody. Like that yeah. scene oh, yeah. is not for everybody. And yeah. it distinctly <laughs> feels like me. Miss. <laughs> Nicole, you can just I'm say me. <laughs> but also it's not for you. <laughs> oh, really? uh, but we'll Lord. never know until I walk in there. If I ever walk in there. <laughs> you won't. But anyway, I'm so curious about that conversation. You, you know. <laughs> you haven't walked in there yet but yeah but so so you felt like like you looked around and you were like ah this is like i feel was it like these are my people or was it like i feel fully expressed in here or i feel the ability to be seen yeah i feel like it had something to do with this there's a vibration in here of being outside of prescribed lines yeah so i don't know if those folks would have been my best friend but but the vibe, the vibration, the energy in the space is we acknowledge society has not, you know, put us in, in certain um, that society is trying to to intersect us almost to, to try to fracture us. And we're not we can't become, you know, held by those lines. And, yes. and all of those people are in one space. And it's like, oh, cool. I love this. I, yes. I love the freedom in that. Um, yes. And the and the and the. And the, the ground of foundation being that life is about exploring your needs, your desires, who you are, what, what you want, and they can change over time. And it was just, yeah, it was, uh, I'm sure in the moment I was just like, ah, that person has a nice corset, but you know, you had some time to think about it, so, right, you yeah, know, like figure but, out what, what the feeling was, <laughs> but I did totally. feel, yeah, but certainly I did feel like, oh, this is home. Uh, this feels home, like even though yeah. yeah, I don't listen to goth punk rock music. I think that was all that was blaring. So there are so do, many. So that's why I was like, Ooh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not. It's one of many genres, but I listen to. Yeah, I'm like big Nine Inch Nails oh. and oh wow, Marilyn Manson and all that. Anyway. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. It's a whole other, whole other thing. But whole other yeah. podcast. <laughs> whole, other, whole other podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And then I just happened to like find two folks that night and we hung out the whole night and it was just a, it was a grand time of, oh wait, there's something more in the world. Okay. You know what? Okay. So I don't know. You all might want to, at the risk of like sharing another dream. Please. Please. No, I'm um, so into your dreams. They're so like metaphorical. (laughs) Dreams are way better. Wait, because, (laughs) because what happened that night was profound in the trajectory that it started me on because, okay, when I met my wife, and we met in 2001, um, it was a, you know, then I, then I say, like, you know, she is, you know, a soul, my soulmate, seconds, you know, it, just so many, we have been together multiple lifetimes. Mm. M- multiple lifetimes. It's a, it's a known fact. So, and so when we met, I did have a series of dreams. And one of them, I didn't realize what it meant until I went to this kink night, um, this club, like, years later. So in that dream, one of the dreams, 
I was in a candy shop and it was very bright and it was very orderly and sun shining in. It was just so idyllic. And Kelly was in that shop and there was a door and I walked through the door and the room on the other side was totally dim. It was a dark room, different vibration. And there were two people, uh, the woman, a man and a woman, or in the energies of masculine and feminine, at the far end of the room, they both had like long black goth hair. And I said, bye, you all. I'm going to go hang out in this other room now. And I went back through the door and I closed the door. And I was in this bright room and Kelly was there and it was a candy shop. And it was like, we're going to eat all the candy in the world. And then the dream ended. That was that. And I was like, what's that really mean? It was like two rooms. One's bright, one's not. And it was a door in between. So then I go to this party, Bar Sinister, 2000, like six or eight, um, Kelly and I actually are, so I guess this is not coming out of order. We have started trying to explore. It was a very messy road <laughs> to arrive at Polly. Oh, uh, we were okay. trying to, interesting. We were, okay, okay. Yeah. We were trying to figure out like, are we, can we do Polly? Like, what is this? Can mm-hmm. we be open? Are we Polly? Are we open? Are we, are, can we fall in love with people? Can we just like hook up with other people? Mm-hmm. Like what is, what's our arrangement? And like 2008 is really early. Yes, yeah, seriously. The, I mean, not in like the, in not, not in the life of, you know, polyamory, but yeah. like. No, but, but like, in the life of awareness really in the and people zeitgeist at that point. It. it was so not in the zeitgeist. Like how not did you even, even have, did you even bit. have that language? The poly language yet? Or was it like open relationship or like. That's a good question. Yeah. We, we certainly had the open, we, <laughs> y'all, we should have known that our relationship was going to be, this was going to be a central theme because, okay, so now I'm skipping back. I'll finish the dream story in a second, but skipping back, Kelly and I met in 2001. We were on tour together for nine months. That's how we met on like a Shenandoah Shakespeare. I think yeah. it's called American Shakespeare Center Express now, whatever. Anyway, we met on tour. It was an amazing first year. Totally totally idyllic. We were on tour doing Shakespeare. It just, it was just amazing. So we get to the end of the tour and we're like, let's move to New York together. Yes. We're soulmates. Um, (laughs) okay. And then we say, and then I say, I'm going to go to, I have to go to India though, because that's my spirit. I'm called to India. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't think I really want to come back because my low key, my goal or not even low key. I was like, I'm going to reach enlightenment by the time I'm 24. Like those are my goals. Oh my um, gosh. That yeah, is I was, so young. <laughs> I know. I was very fanatic. I was very into it. Um, that's a whole nother conversation, I think. But I, I had saved up for year for a while. And I had my, um, I had my plan to go to this, in, this ashram in India for two months and stay there. And I was like, I'm going to be gone. Do you want to be do you want to see other people while I'm gone? So the very oh. fact that even after this amazing yeah. year where any other human would probably be like, of course, we're just going to stay together while you're away. We were having that conversation at the end, you know, at the end of that, it was a 10 month tour um, of, do we want to, do you want to be able to see other people while I'm gone? Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we had that conversation. So it was, it was, I say that all to say it was in our, Totally. It was in our world yeah, as yeah. early as 2001. Because also you had that conversation wow. for 
her benefit you know like i feel like most people the first conversation right. is like because something's going to happen to them personally like they're mm. going off to yeah you're like, like i'm going to study abroad peace exactly <laughs> but you right. were like but it's so it's so cool that yeah. you were like hey i'm gonna like be hanging out in this ashram do you want it like that's like really well because you were like that's one more step towards enlightenment <laughs> It just shows your level of comfort with the concept of it that it yeah. was about yeah. somebody else. That's true. Not even about you. I'm really oh my impressed gosh. by that. That's very true. Yeah. But y'all, it was super messy. Like, it was not, sure. you know, from 2001 to 2000, like 2015, <laughs> it was a long time of. Um, yeah, that's really, I love that you reflected that back though, because. Yeah, there's there had to have been a level of comfort and yeah. the, oh God, the totally. compersion of like, hey, what's best for the other person? And yeah. yes. even though we had no idea how really mature. to execute it. Yeah. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. First of all, first of all, like, I mean, I it's, mean, it's such a hard road to navigate. Like, first of all, you're learning how to do relationships completely differently than you've been taught how to do them and you right. think about like when we're first in our like you know preteen or teenage relationships those are all so messy and crazy too even the monogamous ones that have like all mm -hmm. of the kinds of structures like laid out for you you're still mm -hmm. like blah, 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 you know tripping your way <laughs> through it and figuring it out you know yeah. and making mistakes and doing all that much less than when you have to learn relationships all over again in a totally new way that don't have any sort of examples in the world oh for you gosh. to follow yeah. like the idea that anyone would I don't even know what, like, attempting polyamory perfectly looks like. Like, yeah. I don't, oh, no. that is bizarre. It's not a thing. Yeah. It's not but a thing. But that's the same it's... as attempting a monogamous relationship mono yeah, perfectly. Like... like, what does that look like? Like, <laughs> I don't know anyone who's done it. So I think no. just, like, attempting yeah. anything perfectly is, like, a yeah. fool's Especially errand, because you're unlearning, say. right? Like, you're, oh my gosh. you're not just learning how to do this. You're sure, unlearning sure, sure. how yeah, to that's do true. that. Yeah, yeah. there's and, an added layer. And yeah, that sure. is, um, it's a mind fuck. Like, yeah. it, it really, really is because uh, going back to the nature nurture thing, right? You're like, well, now I'm exploring relationships from, not from a place of like just how we are and what we want as as humans because we've taken for granted that like the way that we've been doing it is the mm -hmm. way that everybody wants to do it and how we're how we're made and how we're built. But going, well, what if none of this is prescribed and everything is nurture? Mm. What the fuck do I want? Mm. Yeah. And what does work? And what? what like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's mm -hmm. a totally different way of thinking about human connection it's true and i and just to loop it back to the kink community that mm -hmm. is the yes. gift of the bdsm kink community the the i one of the gifts is to be in that world to be in that whether it's just a party or for a night or for whatever it is the level of communication you have to have, the level oh, of, yes, of yeah. owning what you want and discovering what you want. And the fact that there are structures built into those environments to discover what you want and the structures. And then the, the range of like how little to how much and the words to communicate. It is, it's the, the it's, it's a gift. Like, I don't, I don't know if people recognize how, far ahead of the curve the BDSM community is mm. and was yeah. in terms of pioneering, well, first of all, the exploration of genders and the pronouns and creating space, brave spaces where people can um, express that 
at the top of the night um, mm. and also uh, structures to to discover what a hum- what that person wants and needs. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. It's just the, the consent work that yes. is a part of BDS of the King community is 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 was so ahead of before it got into the zeitgeist like it, it, oh my god I, yeah. I, that's where I learned I mean it was just such a it's such a gift it was when I discovered it I was like this is amazing it was so healing to like yes. own myself in the space and what that is and so yes. um yeah I totally hear what you're saying I love that and I think it, it just it, it links it back to the work that those communities have been doing way before anyone else and it's such yeah, a it's yeah. such a beautiful gift that's the thing um, is that's also why like when people get all up in arms about like the presence of you know kink community people at like pride and shit mm-hmm. i want to be like who like they're not like first of all it's a fundamental misunderstanding of kink so that's, mm. that's that but then it's also like we got excommunicate the people who should be taking credit for the fact that we're having these kinds of like move this kind yeah. of movement like like give me a break yeah. these people were doing it way before way so before. many people yeah. were like comfortable or or were you know it just it's like come on these people are pioneers what are you gonna like pioneers it's yeah it's, it should be recognized as such crazy. people realize and i group myself in this because it's like i have like an awareness of it but i still don't have a full awareness of it but like i don't think people know that the kink bdsm community is like kind of intrinsically linked with concepts like social justice and like just sort like it's it's not just because of all the things that you're talking about like consent and breaking down like hierarchy struck or like conventional so there is an element that's like revolutionary and like fighting for change and all that stuff but i genuinely don't think I mean, I'm sure people don't know that because I barely Mm. know. Like, I'm only just starting to understand that that's a thing. And so most people certainly have no idea. And they just think it's like people wearing leather, like whipping each other, which is probably like, uh, you know how some people have a really shitty idea about poly because there are some people out there definitely doing it wrong and doing it wrong loudly. And then they reflect poorly on the rest of the community. And then that goes for like any community. And that's, I think people get misconceptions about what these things are. And I think kink and BDSM, like people just have a huge misunderstanding of I think we also live in a very, very puritanical, puritanical society yeah. and yeah. so I mean, that's we an are that's statement. our lens and e- even those of us who have tried to unlearn that because our mm-hmm. our own identities bump up against it like mm. it is so deeply ingrained that we look at something like bdsm and kink as um as sort of there there is an automatic a knee-jerk like as that it's perverse and then i think it's also yeah. um mm. There is there is an, a, a total misunderstanding of the violence aspect of it too, sure. and the way in which like violence is is enacted on another human being or on mm-hmm. oneself, and um, because people don't understand the, the consent, etc. And then yeah. and then I think also it is there is a it's the lack of shame is on display, and mm. we are a country a yeah. society that still holds shame as some sort of virtue 
Like, mm-hmm. and uh, and when we see someone out in the world uh, acting or dressing in a way that that shows that they are living without shame, we judge that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah, I I think that's well, well, well said. And the shame piece is is so key. Yes. Because, I, I mean, just to, that just naturally kind of loops back into yeah. an, an, er, an earlier point. There was so much, I was dealing with so much shame in mm-hmm. the coming out process mm-hmm. that was being just in, uh, that I was holding in my cells. And, and this links back to the dream, right? So mm. I had that dream early and then several years later, I go to this BDSM event or kink party ish. I mean, this club themed, there was, maybe it was a theme. Um, <laughs> and that, and that, so in the subsequent days, when I got back to my house and uh, apartment in San Diego, I realized that my journey was to lift the roof off between both of those rooms. <gasps> oh Hell my yeah. God, I love that so much. And, and it didn't, and it and the dream came back so clearly and <sighs> it was linked to that night of Bar Sinister because there was an owning of all of the energies in my body. I think I was very comfortable with like, if you know, like chakra systems, like, you know, mm. third chakra on up heart. And, I'm, and I'm, it's very easy sure, for me to be sure. like really expressive and, and, and loving and bright, but I wasn't comfortable oh, owning mm. my sexual desire, my, yeah, my yeah, anger, yeah. my, my where, and that's where my shame was. And so yes. this spiritual invitation was, Hey, Carolyn, you have a line splitting your body in half between the light and what is perceived as dark. And your job now is to bring the energy all the way through your body so that there is no bright idyllic candy shop and there's no room where these two energies, the masculine and feminine reside as separate from what love is to you. It's all, it's all whole. And so I had that, um, understanding. And I was like, Oh, so now my job is to mix the two. How do I take this journey of owning, wanting to explore kink? So that was actually the, 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 the origin of like, of, Hey, how do we begin this serious conversation of is our relationship in this lifetime going to be large enough to hold both of our needs as a human? Um, and can we take this journey of what love means to, uh, expand it so that both people can get their needs met, but we're still walking side by side. Yes. I don't have to be like, we don't have to be enmeshed. We can be side by side. Um, and so that began, oh, okay, so let's be open. And, and then it just kind of evolved from there. So I'm very thankful to the the BDSM community for pioneering, owning your body, owning your need, articulating it, like the level of emotional maturity you have to have to to first be poly and also kink is like, yeah, exactly. And, and to circle back to what you're saying about shame, it was like a long 10 or 15 year process of like dissolving shame. Let's bring the light into all of the spaces of who I am and all of what I want. And, Mm -hmm. and just, they're all this, it's all whole. It's a holistic. So now my whole body comes into a space. My whole body yeah. comes into a relationship. I'm not 
there's no dark yeah there's no there's no dark it's not compartmentalized grim. it's not yeah. comp- yes i was so compartmentalized so yes. just shattered it it was good. Oh my That's god! Incredible. I've Holy loved so shit. much of what wow. you said, and also like, I'm ne- I've never considered this before, but the the BDSM kink scene is actually such for for those who um, that appeals to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or even the partners of those who that appeals to, like that's actually a really incredibly safe space to explore mm-hmm. opening up a relationship too. And being, mm. and I, I, I'm only saying that obviously, you know, individuals withstanding, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. and and making sure everybody is consenting. But I, I say it because it is a controlled atmosphere. Like yeah. you're, you are because communication is key because consent is key um and there is a real exchange of that stuff versus like kind of the wild west of like right I meet this person on an app and it's we go out for drinks and then who knows what's gonna happen do you know what right. i mean like yeah, there is actually way more structure walking into <laughs> like a bdsm kink night than there right. is going out to a bar with someone that you met on an app mm-hmm. right. do you know what i mean yeah that's like, a great point i never thought, I've never of, thought it, like, of that but it's so true but it's, yeah. it's like a laboratory environment because everybody yes. who has entered that space is entering with the awareness of like the, the mm-hmm. rules quote-unquote the rules. Or the parameters yes. whereas when you're out in the real world people yes. are just like off working oh, their issues yeah. out on other people and like oh, no. very little <laughs> regard yeah. for yeah, yeah. so very there's a lot sometimes. less yes yeah, yeah. i mean true not to That's mention amazing. that often then like a lot of the people in the bdsm kink community i mean have yeah. al- alternative kind of relationships as well so they also have like mm-hmm. they're they're mm-hmm. you're already going into a place that's it's usually true. you know has a greater depth of understanding of where mm-hmm. you're coming from too yeah, and respect true. for that so yeah. there's there's that as well but oh my god ah! first of all you're making me want to go to clubs again secondly <laughs> i'm gonna dm you and ask you for oh the names god. of clubs well i very soon discovered that any a het bdsm space is not where i would okay. this is not where i've had any of these experiences okay um except for that initial just like exposure to people, yeah. you know, dressed in, in you know, in a particular well, yeah, way. It makes or... sense that your brother and his girlfriend would be going to a place that was more oriented yeah, towards yeah. them and people like them. And then you yeah. have to yeah. be like, oh, I love this vibe, but I need to tailor it for my intersectionality. It took a while to find that because I, by this point I was in LA and so I tried to go to clubs and I did not resonate with of the like, but then I real. But then Fet Life was more of a thing back then, mm. and I was like, "Where are the queer BIPOC? Mm. Where's mm-hmm. queer BIPOC kink?" And then uh, pre-COVID, now it's coming. I see it coming back, obviously. But there were a few parties, so it's never. Yes. It was never a club necessarily, but they would have parties. parties, and that's and that's and then that's where I was like, "Oh my god, what is this like?" amazing heaven of a space okay. of care and and nurture and queer BIPOC kink yeah it I'm was, so glad you said that because that and I know I know we have to wrap up but that was the so other exciting. thing that I was going to ask and I I quote her often because it, it's just so funny but uh, a previous guest in talking about Polly uh Michelle High had said that one of the kind of 
obstacle she encounters is that people really regard Polly as, quote, white people shit, and that she bumps up <laughs> against that a lot. And so I was wondering yeah. if your experience oh. with both Polly and BDSM kink, like if you did have to seek out specific mm. spaces that were not just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Cause I, yeah, yeah no, yeah. I went to a couple of he- more heterosis het- situations and I did not stay. It's not, yeah. it was a different, it's just, it's just, yeah, it wasn't, you know, but, but, but there were s- at least two parties that were happening regularly. Um, and I, and I see them coming back coming back a little now. bit more now yeah. um they're different parties cool. but it yeah for the for the bipoc queer kink spaces i definitely had to seek it out yeah and yeah, yeah it was challenging at first it was very well very challenging very isolating um for a while mm-hmm. before i found oh there's actually a giant community um you know so yeah uh, that was really and like, of course, of was course there would foundational. be, but it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just harder. It's just not hard as accessible as, you know, yeah. and, not that, and I don't want to say that those cishet BDSM communities aren't also amazing and beautiful and for sure, healing for people. For you personally, yeah. yeah. But, it, but it, yeah. Wasn't what I, yeah, it wasn't what I was <laughs> um, looking you know, for. Like, no shame. Yeah. But that's, 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 yeah. They're doing their thing. Like, it's yeah. fine. You know, I was like, whatever. I like the queer people and BIPOC, yeah. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. To feel so, really comfortable. So that makes was, sense. Yeah. It was oh, a, my gosh. Cool. Oh, I want to keep talking to you about so much stuff. Um, oh, my gosh, I know. We have to, <laughs> we have to continue Yeah, we have to, like, point. just actually connect, not recorded on a podcast where everybody has to hear us I know, but I love that we've never had an elaborate <laughs> conversation about kink and BDSM before. No. We've talked about poly we've a ton, but never, but not, mm. like, the real intersection that mm. you felt between those two things like that's really cool oh yeah, yeah. this is yeah. like really lighting really lighting me that. up in a way that i think Clearly. is like I, I feel really well i just feel really grateful um for this conversation right now like going back to the beginning where we were like oh we tried to schedule this so many times like i i honestly feel like um this happened exactly when it was supposed to and and yeah, thank it feels you because like i like i really uh i needed this like light turned on in me again in a, like a really big way. So thank you. <laughs> well, I have to thank you all for creating this space and also for all your other guests and listeners. Like it's just, it's so beautiful to be able to come to a space and share and talk about these, I don't know, these moments, these events that have made us who we are and the humanity that we then get to all connect on because we're all on this, yeah, this unfolding journey that is actually unceasing of unfolding which is beautiful oh my god completely like it's just yeah it's never ending thank you all for this this has been so fun well where can people find you slash your work online Ooh, ooh, online so i do need to just put it on vimeo now um (laughs) okay i was wondering if we could watch it yeah okay good oh Um, yeah if people can watch it please shout out where they can yeah 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 Ooh, maybe i can like send that to you all afterwards or something to get it yeah you've got time because then we can link to it in the show notes and people can watch it Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I can't. Oh my god, I can't wait. Um, and where can they find you individually? Yes. Just like social media if, and that whole. Yeah, I'm on. And, uh, <laughs> I'm definitely on Instagram. It's under my you, Carolyn Ratteray. Um And yeah, last year was a big year because I also wrote 
and performed a one woman show over at one of my favorite theaters, Boston court. Um, they went through a, a, it was a y'all, it was an amazing situation. It was amazing process. They took me through a long, a long-term play development process for this piece, both and a play about laughing while black that I also wrote at the same time I wrote, um, uh, unclaimed. And so Mm. we developed it over a year. We did a digital workshop production in 2021 and then they were, they believed it. And they were like, we want this to be our first show back when we come back, um, in (gasps) person. Holy crap. What an honor. I know it was. And I had an amazing director, Andy Chapman, uh, Michelle Matlock, who was one of the first black women to be a a clown in Cirque du Soleil, uh, was my clown director for for the show because, Oh. Oh, I didn't explain that. It's, there's clown elements in this show as I'm exploring what it means to laugh while black. Um, and, yeah, it'd so be that, weird if you had a clown director and there were no clown elements. There's no <laughs> reference to like, like you're doing laughing at all. You're just, like, yeah. you're just lying outside no. eye. Yeah. <laughs> I so... will not be clowning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was some <laughs> there was some clowning. Um, yeah, so that was last year. So I'm kind of coming off of, of that and just yeah, hoping to so all of my up, uh, com- upcoming works and projects in directing and writing and acting, I always post on Instagram. Um, and so, yeah, you can find me at Carolyn Rattery. Yay! Um, you can find me at Nicole Pacent on Strictly Instagram. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Lauren Flans, but you can also find me on Instagram at Lauren underscore Flans. Uh, we are at Coming Out Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Our hashtags are hashtag Coming Out Pod, hashtag Found, found Ricky. Ricky. Hey, shout out to our patrons Sarah Wilson, Jim W., Jack, Kim, Simone, Adri, Tanya, Pooh, Mandy, Tia, Mix, Michelle Forbes, Sammy, Michelle, Kaz, Carmel, Kieran Smiley, Aaron Mitchell, Vanessa Hunt, Diego Hernandez, and BeyondClexa.com. If you would like to join that list or just check out any of our tiers of giving starting at $1 a month um, and support the pod, we would so appreciate it. You can go to patreon.com slash coming out pod. You can also for free go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. That really helps people find the podcast. And or you can share this episode. Yeah. Share this episode. Oh, man. There are so many reasons to share this episode. Lesbian, (laughs) queer. BDSM, kink, poly, um, yeah. spirituality, ashram. Like I'm just, I'm just throwing 24 out twenty four year olds who are like twenty four oh, year old reach enlightenment. What do I do? The, all the answers <laughs> like, contain. Yeah, all these buzzwords. If you know anyone <laughs> who fits with any of these buzzwords, <laughs> you just send. You just smash that send button. Um, we you, you share it. I guess it's not a, it's not a send. It smash would be that anyway, send whatever. button. <laughs> okay. Like we always anyway. say on the podcast, <laughs> smash that send button. Y'all, um, not young. Anyway, um, Carolyn, thank you again. This thank you all. This has been to meet so, you. so fun. This has been awesome. <laughs> oh, all right, everybody. Talk to you next Wednesday. Have a great week. Bye. 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 Bye.